Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. And today we're here with Robin Johnson. She is the CEO and founder of Marketplace Blueprint. And she is actually one of the guests that we're bringing in because she ta- she has a really interesting um, niche that we haven't really covered very heavily on this podcast. And I know a lot of you are branching out into the e-commerce space. So this is going to be a fun episode um, you know, Robin's really got an, an amazing story going from $100 in her pocket to a multi-million dollar company. Now she's run multiple different companies at this point, all of which have really been in the e-commerce space. So she really knows what she's talking about when it comes to selling a physical product online. So Robin, say what's up to everybody and let's hop into this interview. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and share a little bit about what we've learned over the last decade, kind of selling both digital and physical products online. Love that. This is going to be a blast. So to kick this off, Robin, you know, e-commerce is one of those spaces that is kind of, I'm really not good with big words, ambiguous. <laughs> not, a lot, not a lot of people really understand like what e-commerce actually means. So to you, what is e-commerce? Well, to me, e-commerce is really centered around you know buying things online, whether it be you know it being information or physical products. Uh, and I think the key to, to really good e-commerce marketing is really understanding not only who your buyer is, but what the motivators are. Because if you're not clear on the psychographics of your buyer, whether it be a physical or a digital product, it's going to be difficult for you to get conversions. You know, having a good enough product, uh, you know, it's not this is not field of dreams on Amazon and in you know info. Um, Info products. If you build it, they will not come. It really does come down to the marketing, uh, and then having a high quality product that people will continue to refer and, uh, your product to in the future. Uh, but you have to understand what are the real motivating things besi- behind that purchase. Yeah. So when when people are trying to go online, and, and I love that you you mentioned the field of dreams thing because <laughs> we've built many things. I've I've probably built sixty products in my lifetime, and. There were many times where nobody came. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think the number one problem that people have in the space, in the digital space, period, is that because there's no barriers to entry, they just build products. They'll spend months and years sometimes building these products, and then they launch them without any success. So let's talk a little bit about your strategy for how to help them actually go from zero to a million. So, uh, are we? T- so, would you, are we going to talk about physical products or info? Because the marketing strategy is very different for each of those. Or I could do like a little of each if you want. Let's wanted, do a little but... of each. Let's have you first okay. focus on the physical products, then we'll move on to digital. So physical products, first, you want to look and see, is there demand? So let's just take, like, to keep it in the world of Amazon because uh, each ecosystem, so whether you're doing Facebook ads and, or Google ads, now, of course, they all intermingle. And, you know, if you're running Facebook ads, it's going to boost your website sales. It's going to boost your Amazon sales. There's going to be a halo effect in each one of these ecosystems. But if we look at each ecosystem kind of by itself, on Amazon, what we want to look at is their demand. Is there search volume for the keyword phrases that people 
are going to use your uh, for your product. So on Amazon, people primarily find products through search. You know, when's the last time you went Amazon.com forward slash B004569? You, you know, you might go through a link from an external ad, but most people, they go to Amazon, even if they know exactly what they're looking for, and they say Malibu Barbie Dream House, and then they type that in. So is there enough people searching for your product with a keyword phrase that has enough volume? Uh, and then we want to look at your competitors, like direct competitors, people who have very similar products. Where people get in trouble on Amazon is if you have something brand new to category, you know, something that the sharks would love on Shark Tank, but say, you know, this is a whole new category. The reason that they don't like that is because there is not people inherently searching for that. So you're going to have trouble. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, when we look at, we say, oh, look, there's lots of uh, search volume for garlic presses. Well, if there's 4,000 other garlic presses out there, it's going to be significantly harder to market that. So it's really a balance and kind of finding this sweet spot between enough demand but not enough competition and then if you have things like if you have brand rec recognition so if you're an existing brand so lego doesn't have to do much to market their products on amazon they they do have a field of dreams as soon as they build it as soon as they put it on amazon they will get sales because people are automatically searching for it because of their external marketing right if you don't have that you're going to have to do additional marketing to kind of try to capture that market so uh that when and to kind of continue to grow past that honestly the biggest thing that stops people from going six to eight figures for the most part in physical products is generally around demand and competition not understanding that but really it ultimately comes down to profitability and cash flow physical products are very cash flow intense so you need to be managing your cash quickly you know re really carefully so where we see people fall down where they've, they've they've had a lot of massive success and they stall out around the, like the multiple six figures multiple seven figures is that there's leaks in their profitability that if they shored that up that would allow them to cash flow to continue to grow um, because it you know it really is kind of continuing to scale diversifying your product but understand if you don't have that understanding of profitability and how you're inventory works and it sucks up that cash flow, that can be really detrimental. If, if that's your uh, situation right now, I would highly recommend you read Profit First for E-Commerce by Cindy Thomason. A really great book. I mean, my network would probably be double what I, <laughs> what it is now if I had read that my first or second year. Uh, if you're trying to, if, if the, you know, so because most of the other problems, you can buy solutions to. You can hire a PPC consultant. You can hire a logistics expert. Most of those other things you can hire, um, but you have to really manage the cash flow because otherwise, other your event, you know, you, it's easy to get distracted with. I can buy this shiny object and not stay focused on profitability. So, that's the biggest thing for e-commerce. Um, with with info products, the biggest what was the original question again? So I make sure I don't get too divergent here. We don't want you going down the rabbit hole. I love when you go down yeah. there. <laughs> but really, it'd be how would how would you launch and scale a product from zero to a million dollars, a digital product? So with a, with a digital product, um, the first thing I would do is. I would, so this is what, let me tell you what I did and what I would continue to do. I would find if, if there's, if there's not enough people that there, there are Facebook groups around this. So let's say, um, you know, I have a, I have a couple friends that are really into like making crafts and stuff with their Cricut machine. And so I would get into that and you need to be an expert enough in that product or in that niche to be able to offer some value. So start making some posts in that group, some informational give posts, see which ones get the most engagement. Uh, Dennis Yu from Blitzmetric, I think he's rebanding, but he's got some really good things on 
like one minute videos, running some ads, check on engagement. He has like in his courses, he has some like things like metrics to look at, like, you know, are you getting over 20 seconds of view time, you know, looking at the amount of hides kind of running some dollar a day ads. Once you have some on, on some basic things, see what engagement you have from there. Uh, and then I would really focus on building your audience, marketing to a cold audience with, with no recollection of who you are, no credibility, no reviews. That's really difficult. So I would start to build either a list or, you know, communities on like Facebook and stuff can be a little risky because you don't control the audience. So I would always make sure you back that up with an email list. Um, and I would focus on really building that up and building some credibility. The other thing that if it was me starting over, I would probably reach out to some influencers and see about doing a joint uh, venture. That really, that, that's really how we, I did my first course was a joint venture. And that really, having access to that large email list gave me a lot of exposure. Uh, and so doing some things for exposure, but trying not to work for free, because it is really like working for free is kind of like not paying for yourself. It's a habit that's hard to kick. Uh, and the other thing I would say that uh, some of the best um, some of the, one of the biggest mistakes is I made is I had a competitor in my offers. I'll, I'll make my offer less expensive because I was valuing my time as not very much because I wasn't making as much money then. Um, it is easier to lower your prices than it is to raise them. So if you come out with a $99 product, that product, if it's your best work, will never be able to sell for $2,000. So even if all your competitors are doing that, because people will see you as the $99 product. So it's better for you to have that priced high and offer a discount than to try to um, have it be, um, you know, a super low price. The other thing you want to think about is that you need some um, proof of concept. And this is true for e-commerce. So in Amazon, this would be Amazon reviews. Uh, you can do things to kind of generate those reviews. Uh, you want to get testimonials. Um, I think the raw video testimonials work really well. Uh, it's really easy to fake somebody saying, this is the best product ever. Um, and so doing things that can kind of, whether it's getting testimonials from people that are known in the industry. So let's say in that cricket community, Susie Bacuzzi is the best cricketer in the world. And so you go to Susie Bacuzzi and you say, hey, you know, would you look at my digital product and see if it's good? I'd be willing to give you an affiliate after the fact, but I, you know, like if you wanted to promote it, but just separately, would you be willing to, you know, give me your feedback on this product uh, and I'll give it to you for free. And if it doesn't provide enough value for Susie Bacuzzi, if she's your kind of your target audience and she's the influencer in that area, if she says, hmm, this wouldn't be valuable enough for me to review, then that gives me an idea. The other thing is that read Napoleon Hill's uh, The Think and Grow Rich, Chapter 6, Organized Thinking. He talks about like you testing a product and getting opinions on that product before you fully develop it. So, you know, when I'm doing a course, I never complete the course before I sell it because I might actually A-B test some different things on the sales page and I might find out that the things that I thought were motivating my customers to buy are not the things that actually motivate my customers to buy. So I might have thought that this is the thing that they need, but they really end up buying for a bonus that I thought was kind of extra, but that really ends up being the meat and the potatoes of the course. Uh, so being willing to adjust, uh, but also make sure that you give yourself enough time to really over deliver. Um, you cannot relaunch yourself into the marketplace. And if you come out with a really bad course and people spend $99 and they feel like it's a waste, it's going to be very difficult to come back from that. So you do want to make sure you have high quality. And I would make sure that you've tested it out with some people. You have some beta testers and none of this nonsense where you had like three people look at it for 30 seconds and they wrote that was the best. You need to actually, it's not in your benefit to get those platitude kind of reviews. You need somebody. I like to find the person that's going to make me the angriest. 
like the person who's going to be like, you actually miss, you miss, this is not actually a proper noun, so it shouldn't be capitalized. The person's like, well, actually, like you want the, it, actually that, that, that person, that's the person you want to review your course. That's going to say, well, I can't, you, you want to get some people who are not tech savvy, who are going to get lost in Kajabi. That, so you can say, okay, I need to add some text here. or I need to fluff up that initial email that shows like, here's a video that shows you how to click on the link and then to log into the site. Like these are all things that having critical, um, critical viewpoints into your product will make your product more successful. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for covering both of those because I think it gives you a pretty good understanding of what it takes to be successful. But also what I love is there were a lot of conjunctions within there. And one of the, the first things I wanted to highlight about what you were talking about with both of those is that with, with either a physical product or a digital product, you, you never start product first, right? You, you start audience first. We're huge advocates of JVs here. I don't know if you knew that, but that's like pretty much our whole business model is helping people with JVs. So we, we highly advocate that. But secondly, what I love what you said is when you're trying to find a product to sell, you, you want to sell the, something that's already being sold. Don't create a new category. And it's the same way with digital products. We watch that over and over again. And they're like, well, but mine's unique. Mine's unique. And it's like, just label it as something, you know, sell them what they want to give them what they need. That's, that's the belief system that we, we buy into. So let me ask you this, Robin. Before we do that, can I share uh, an yeah. example? Go for it. So I had somebody who they, uh, it, was, it was a major sports team and they came to me and they said, we want to develop a product for Amazon. I said, great. Who are you selling it to? They're like, no, no, no. We just want to create a jersey. And I was like, great. Who are you selling it to? And they're like, no, no, no. We just want to create a jersey. And I was like, okay, well, let's go through this. So if you create, if you're, if you're talking to the people that are in the suites and you give them a 1999 shirt, they're not going to buy. Right. So if you if if you give them a if and if you develop a five hundred dollar jersey, um, then you're not going to get as many sales if you're if you're if the majority of your audience is are people who are making less than thirty thousand dollars a year, that product is not going to be successful. So it does come down to you know you, whether it's a physical product you, you, or an infographic product. Sometimes it's not that your product is bad; it's you made it in the wrong color. You're marketing to Vikings fans, and you made it Patriots blue, or you know you're 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 talking to people who are young and scrappy, and you're trying to because they're easier to sell to, but you're trying to offer them a ten thousand dollar program. Program. You know, so you really need to take the time to understand. And I think that's the biggest mistake that I see in both physical and e-com and, and info products is people don't, you, when you're creating your product, you also need to make sure that your target customer can afford your product uh, and create the product around that as well. So I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to mention that because I think that's one of the big things. So no, the, no interruptions is you, it's all you. So <clears throat> let me ask you this though. And I love that example. First off, um, it's kind of funny that even massive brands will do that. <laughs> they almost seem like the biggest culprits of doing that. So let me ask you this though. If, if you were you know, starting a brand new business and you were saying, okay, I, I know I need to start from scratch, completely from scratch. What business would you build? Would you go digital products or would you go, would you go di physical products? Well, I, for me, I personally don't like, I've, I, I do both well, and, um, but I find that selling myself is more emotionally taxing. Um, personally, I like selling physical products because the product 
stand for themselves a little bit more where no matter how great the product is in an info product, I'm still always selling a little bit of myself. People are buying the way that I talk or that I'm personable or I seem down to earth or, you know, that I, that I make funny jokes. So there's always a lot of me in it. Um, and so I found that I'm able to separate a little bit more from my brand. Um, I, I'm friends with several people that are New York Times bestsellers that do info products themselves. And uh, it can be a struggle when your brand is so tightly connected to your personality to start to uh, be able to outsource to the degree that you can in e-commerce. Now, the, the disadvantage in e-commerce is it is much more cash intensive. And so you really do have to be a lot more disciplined. So it really is going to come down to your personality and what you like doing. Uh, and you, I think the biggest thing, so I had the honor and privilege, and it was it's just amazing to be mentored by Sharon Lecter, who wrote co-wrote uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Think and Grow Rich for Women, uh, Outwitting the Devil. And uh, one of the things that if you, you know, you talk with her for a long time and you're talking about your business, one of the things that she'll ask you is, uh, if time and money wasn't a consideration, what would you be doing with your life? And to really start answering that question, and you can't be like, oh, I would, uh, I would invest money to da, da, da. No, you didn't have to worry about money. You didn't have to worry about time. What would you be doing? And if that is, if the answer to that is, I would like to be on an island by myself, then creating a public speaking degree uh, career is probably the last thing that you want to do. You're, <laughs> because you're never going to be alone. You're always going to be at presentations. You're always going to be at conferences. You're going to be flying to events. Um, you know, that you want to make sure that the business you're creating, you're not creating a jail cell for yourself. And so really thinking like if everything went if bippity boppity boo, if I could have whatever I wanted and everything went the way that I wanted, ultimately 10 years, what I have the life that I want. Uh, and I think that it is really easy when one of the, when I'm coaching like people who are plateaued at like six or seven figures, um, a lot of times you, it's easy to get caught in what got me, you know, because what got you here will not get you there. You have to shift from hustling and sales and elbow grease to I am a CEO and I am managing my business. And uh, it's easy to get caught up in growing for growth sake. Like I want to get bigger. I want to eat the next example. I actually had an e-commerce client come to me um, a couple months ago and they said, well, I don't know what to do now because I have to keep growing. And I said, well, why do you have to keep growing? And she's like, well, I have to keep growing. And I was like, okay, you just told me you have more money than you can invest. You told me that, you know, you, you think you, you're trying to figure, you know, you're trying to figure out what you want to do next. And, you know, things are going really good. You're able to support your family. You're able to do whatever you want. Uh, I was like, tell me why you need to grow. And she's like, but that's what you're supposed to do. And I said, maybe right now is that you're not sure where you want to go. Ultimately right now it's to slow down short profitability so that you have as much capital that when you find the right business, business investment then for the next additional revenue source that you're able to really dive into that without losing revenue on your primary products. So I think that that is really important as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny that we have that, um, I guess, presupposition that we have to keep growing. It's really funny that a lot of people feel like that's why well, I've got to become a billionaire. It's like, well, do you want the lifestyle of a billionaire? You look at a lot of these people and they're superstars, but do you, I mean, if you're wanting a life on a beach, you don't want to be Grant Cardone, right? <laughs> Grant, well, Grant lives his life in a jet. <laughs> you know, the bigger your ship. So when you start out, you're young and scrappy. You're like a little jet ski and then you get bigger and then you're like a speedboat and then you're like a pontoon. By the time you're at warship like level, it, like if you are like the USS Midway in your business, 
yes, it's a lot of protection, it's a lot of stability, but it's also really hard to turn when the waters get turbulent. And so you, it, like, sometimes we have to think and look at how much liability do I have by growing to that next level? And am I willing to do the, am I willing to put in that next sprint to get to that level? Um, and so it's, it's sometimes it's not about growing. Sometimes, you know, I had a, another client that was like, I really want to get from, you know, this much in, in my net income, what I'm able to take home to this. And he was like, okay, I think I need to grow. We, we, we said, okay, your current net margin, let's assume the margins are going to get tighter, which we know that they will in e-commerce, but let's just say they're not going to get tighter. Uh, and let's just multiply it out. And he's like, wow, I'd have to get to 15 billion, 15 million a year. And he's like, I think he, like, you just saw this like defeat wash over his face. He's like, there's, I just, I can't do that. I mean, I got, I've got a, a I have an infant and I have a three year old. I just, I mean, I barely see them now. I, I, I just, I just can't. And, you know, and I was like, well, that is one path to getting to that. But if we also looked at your, your, your balance sheet right now, your, your, in your profit and loss, and we said, hmm, if we could reduce costs this amount, you might actually be able to maintain your current sales level and get to that, that, that net uh, without having to have all of the liability of, of holding, you know, $4 million worth of inventory. Uh, and, you know, it, it provides a lot more things. And the other thing is, you know, like, can you reduce your debt? Because especially uh, for e-commerce, it's easy to get into that debt cycle and that can erode your margins really, really quickly. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's what a lot of people get scared of with e-commerce, you know, is, you know, if my margins are so small, how am I supposed to make it? But I love that you're coming in and saying, well, instead of, you know, having to increase, how about you just decrease your expenses? Let's see what happens. <laughs> And so, sometimes that means having the funeral and letting that one product go or letting it kind of, you know, run on autopilot and focusing on redeveloping new product lines that have more margin. Um, and so, you know, it's not always that we just need to scale up. Right. Sometimes you have to scale sideways. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this one final question or two, two questions here, Robin. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about e-commerce um, and the digital space, but you guys actually have an entire business help for helping people to, to scale their own e-commerce businesses. So tell us a little bit about that. So, you know, we have a digital agency that's focused on Amazon PPC, Amazon SEO, so we can help them grow with that. And then as we do that, you know, if it's a mid-sized brand, they have controllers and CMOs and all of that to kind of handle that. For some of the younger, smaller, scrappier businesses, what we can do is we can look at your profit and loss. We can identify profitability issues. Uh, you know, and sometimes even for those mid-sized um, companies, if you don't have somebody on your team that's familiar with Amazon ads, we can go through and we can audit your account and say, you know, your current ad team is doing great or your current ad team is not doing great and you know you don't need to use us but you do need to have somebody go through and identify these leaks in your profitability uh, you know sometimes you know we with the way that Amazon's fees work sometimes making your product you know an eighth of an inch smaller can reduce your fees three dollars per unit uh, you know depending on what to reduce its size tier so there's some of the things that we do that and then we've also spent a long time working uh, under our previous brand of best for the nest working with um, resellers and private label companies, uh, you know, people who maybe had Shopify stores that were looking to bring their products online and kind of looking at their profitability, looking at their marketing strategy overall and identifying these are um, some of the gaps. And you know, we've even done that for some info marketers as well who say, you know, we're doing really, really well, but it seems like no matter what I'm doing, no matter what sales I have, I'm always short at the end of the month. So really looking at where is the gap 
that's causing that. Um, and then the other person, if you're, if you feel like you're in a kind of a money trap, uh, or you're, you're just having trouble kind of getting your, your profitability under control. Cindy Thomason, I mentioned her book. She also does profit consulting as well. Uh, we have a lot of mutual clients that we share and then we can actually work as a team um, to kind of work on, you know, I can work on the marketing and the digital side and Cindy can work on the profitability side and understanding that profitability. That is beautiful. So where can people connect with you to gain access to that? So the best place to connect with me is you go to, if you go to marketplaceblueprint.com and if you go to marketplaceblueprint.com forward slash Facebook, that will take you to a Facebook group that's all about optimizing listings on Amazon. So if you need support in that specific niche, then you can um, go there. Uh, and then if, if, if you, you know, if you from, from there, just go ahead. If you post in there that you're looking for a guide, I have a guide on listing optimization that I can give you as well. Uh, and then you know, on marketplaceblueprint.com, uh, if you go to robin at marketplaceblueprint.com, you can email me if you have a specific concern. Um, one of the things that people like about me is I'm not a good salesperson. So, <laughs> you know, normally people are like, let me get you, what would it take for me to put you in an e-commerce package today? I, I you know, we'll really look at, you know, can we help you? And if not, and if not, I probably know somebody in the space that might be able to help you. And if not, I can at least send you a resource. I can say, you know, at least follow this person until you can afford to use them. You know, uh, we have some, I, we have some people that we've met through um, some of these places, uh, different conferences and such, you know, like I know the best food, uh, food blog uh, editor, uh, SEO editor in the, in the space and things like that. So I can say, send you to kind of some of those people, some of those agencies that really do know their stuff. Uh, and, and sometimes that can be just what you need more than you need uh, somebody to sell you something that you don't. <laughs> 100%. Well, I love that. Well, one final question for you, Robin, before we sign off. So if, if you could leave one piece of guidance with our audience here saying if this was the only thing you got out of this interview today, what would that be? Hmm. You know, I think a lot of people will tell you, you know, focus on your ads or make your product slick, optimize your landing page. Uh, I think the biggest thing that you need to understand is how much money do you need this business to yield and start from there. Like if you say you want to go full time, how much does that business yield need you to yield? And then looking at creating paths that will really create that and not just focusing on gross sales goals. Uh, that's something that we've seen with people who have plateaued is their biggest thing. They focus on gross sales goal. When you focus on gross sales goals, you start to sacrifice margin. You start to cut corners in other places. It, look at how do you get the, look at what you really want. You didn't, you didn't start this business going, man, I wish I could sell a million dollars. You said, man, I really would like to not have to sweat when my mortgage payment comes, right? Or whatever it was. And, and look at, in order to have the life you want, how much do you need to net? And then build a plan that is going to get you there uh, and not focused on the gross sales as much. I know that that's like not very markety y um, and it's not very slick and it doesn't sell courses, um, but it, I will tell you that that is what gives people the life that they want. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan Podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows, and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.